Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Well, thank you, Farad, and welcome, everyone, to Baby Boomer Country. That's right. This podcast is for baby boomers, but everybody seems to enjoy it. It's another day above ground, and we talk about all things boomer, and I can't do it alone because the, uh, I need extra boomers to do it with me. I have two partners in this venture. First, from the uh, state of Colorado, the mountain or mile-high city, <laughs> it'd be stupid to say mountain-high city, of Denver, Colorado, <laughs> Carolyn Strauss. We're just the high city, Dale. You've been here. You know that. <laughs> high is God high. bless you for it. Oh, yeah. And from Indiana, it's the Aristotle of comedy, Mr. Tim Slagle. KFC has actually dropped their slogan of finger licking good. They said it's uh, not appropriate in the time of COVID to be licking your fingers. Uh, inside sources else. say it also made people think of Joe Biden. <laughs> It's masking good fun. (laughs) (laughs) I had, I was at the grocery store yesterday and they got the aisles, the arrows in the aisles, so it's just one way. And there was a, uh, there was a, you know, I was getting close to the end of my aisle and this old, big old gal, uh, you know, come hustling around the side with a shopping cart and, and one of the grocery store employees, you know, and they're going the wrong way down the aisle. She almost hits me. I said, pardon me, you're going the wrong way. Will you shut up? You just mind your own damn business. And I I just, you know, I looked at the girl who was over here and I said, this is why the virus will never go away. But I really wanted to just say, you don't count to me. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh... It's amazing to me in the grocery store how we were a- always able to negotiate two-way traffic down all those aisles. But yes. for some reason now, for some reason now that they're all one way, it 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 doesn't seem possible. It's if somebody you, comes the wrong way, and you know I'm a notorious rule bla- breaker. But if someone's coming the wrong way, I find myself, hey, <laughs> hey. It's probably me. Because <laughs> I'm not looking down, I'm looking up. I'm looking up to find to find what it is that I need. I'm not looking at the arrows on the floor. So if I'm if something's in an aisle that I need, I'm gonna get to the aisle from whatever end I'm on. I mean, yes, you get the extra steps by going zigzagging through the whole store, but and you no. get the dirty looks by not doing that. So you know what? You know. But I'm wearing a mask, so people can't see what I'm saying or doing under the mask. So I think it's it actually. Matter. I think it's actually purposeful that they're doing it because you know because before you could say oh okay i know where the i know where the canned vegetables are they're right there and uh it's like oh i can't go because that's the that would be going the wrong way even though they're right on the corner of the shelf there it'd be going the wrong way down the one-way aisle so instead i gotta back up and go all the way down the cookie aisle or you just go down the aisle backwards (laughs) <laughs> well, or what I do is I leave my cart at the end and I just slip in, grab the one or two things I need and slip back. So it's only the one direction slipping in that I'm going to grab the few things that I need. And then I slip back to my little cart and go on my merry way. And nobody says anything. And and like you said, Dale, if you go backwards, people can't tell. Yeah, those of us who learned how to moonwalk in the 80s uh, <laughs> can finally put that talent to use. <laughs> 
And this is what America has become. Even the supermarkets are war zones now. People fighting amongst each other. I don't know. You know, I, I thought that in, in this episode, it might be a good idea to take a look back. Because the future doesn't look that bright anymore. <laughs> and, and, and backwards is looking a lot more fun. And look at the different decades that baby boomers have gone through. Now, we probably can't get through all of them today, but we can, uh, we can certainly start. First of all, baby boomers started in, what, 1946? Uh, 45. We don't have anybody here that was born in the 40s, so we really don't know. I hear it was a war-torn decade, but that's all. I you know, just read that in history books. So then we have the 50s. Now, I was born in 1950, and uh, I, I, you know, I don't remember a lot about the 50s except for the year 1958. I was eight years old that year. I got an American Flyer train for Christmas. I joined the Boy Scouts, and I got my first job. As a paper boy. Wow. That yeah, was a big year for me. What are papers? Newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a little shout out to, used to be de- Used to be delivered to your door by a boy. Not, not, not some mook in a car driving down the street and flinging them, you know. Could a girl be a newspaper boy? I don't know if they could have back in the 1950s. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I really Maybe don't know. some of know. our listeners know, and they could let me know that, because I never looked that up. I was just curious. Well, actually, I, actually, I remember in the, it would have been in the 70s, we had, uh, there, there, there were two, uh, there was a, two girls who split the route that where, where, where I was living at the time, and they were twins. Which was which oh, was wow. yeah, which was really fun. It kind of reminded me of what they did on Bewitched, where there were two, <laughs> two girls playing Tabitha in order to uh, get around the child labor laws that were installed. Well, Samantha and Sabrina. Samantha and Sabrina, her cousin Sabrina, who was actually her as well. Was actually well, they, yeah, they, well, they actually did that. Yeah, they did that. They they mirrored that opposite on uh, uh, I Dream of Jeannie. There was yep. also uh, uh, was it Jeannie's cousin? I don't know if she had yes. a name. The Black Jeannie. And the Patty Duke show, where she was both cousins. Yeah. Yeah, Patty had an identical cousin. Wow. What they didn't do in order to save on paying actors. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we had uh, we had, we we had a, we had twin girls uh, splitting the route, and you never you never 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 realize you. you Never realized there were two girls. I think I think it was a couple of years in before we realized it was. We, we saw two of them walking, walking the route. We went, oh, oh the seventies, <laughs> the decade of feminism. There we go. <laughs> but we're still back in the fifties. Back in the fifties, Tim, you remember anything from the fifties? No, I was born the year you got a paper route. So uh, wow, wow, it was probably in the paper. I should have saved that issue. <laughs> <laughs> Did they do birth announcements in the papers in the newspaper? Are they always oh, did yeah. death announcements. Oh yeah, no, they all they did used they? to. They used yeah? to, but that, I, don't, I I haven't seen them now that you bring it up. I haven't seen them in the papers for a long time, but they used to do birth announcements. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, used to. Used well, that to brings us to the '60s. The '60s was a a very filled decade full of uh, events. Uh, Carolyn, what's your favorite recollection from the 60s? Being born? <laughs> I was born. <laughs> I thought we were going to split these decades up, Dale. I thought you were going to take the 60s. I was going to take the 70s, and Carolyn was going to no. take the 80s. So, oh, no. well, okay, we can that's do it all, that that's way. All, that's all we remember. It's, uh, oh. <laughs> well, I'll, okay, here. I, here's what, what you were born in 61. 
Do I have to say no. this? I'm only 45 years old, but I was born in 62. Well, get off Do our not show. question my math. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in 62. So, you know, I was eight years old at the end of the 60s. I remember a bunch about the 60s, but you go first. Well, I, I remember. Age you before know, the, beauty. The, the, thank you. The first <laughs> I remember is, uh, is uh, landing on the moon. That was a that was a huge event. Uh, I remember coming home. I, I was uh, I don't know out somewhere, and I came home and watched it with my mom and dad on the black and white TV as this guy walked on the moon. That was cool, and I really remember the Kennedy assassination, 1963, because uh, it was announced in uh, in school that it happened. And then I went home, and I was getting ready for my paper route because I had an afternoon newspaper route. And uh, usually the guy was there by about 4.30, is not there yet. He finally comes by. He says, go home, boys, and come back in about two hours. They're reprinting the front page. Wow. Yeah. And then, then on Sunday of that weekend... You know, we, we always went to church and everything, and I wasn't really feeling that great. I said, I, I don't feel like going to church. And I was just watching TV, laying on the couch, feeling kind of sick, and saw live Jack Ruby shoot uh, Oswald. Wow. In the in the jail. Yeah, it was, it was broadcast live, and I saw him. He just walked right up to him and shot Lee Harvey Oswald. So wow. that was burned. Man on the moon and man on the moon, bullet in the Oswald. You were there for both of them. (laughs) Was that what, Carolyn? Wait a minute. What do you mean it was live? It was live. Was he a reporter that he had a camera? How I didn't know. They were transferring. They were transferring him. They were transferring Lee Harvey Oswald to a to a better uh, prison, and and uh, uh, Jack Ruby. Uh, he he owned a strip club, but he knew a lot of people and stuff, and he they didn't have tight security back then, so he was just waiting along with all the reporters. When they brought him out of jail, he walked up to him and shot him right in the stomach with a thirty-eight. Wow, that's like the first reality TV show ever. <laughs> <laughs> the first survivor. Oh, wait, that's a bad name for it. Let's think of something else. <laughs> and then my... my, my a pivotal uh, time in the 60s was 1968. And Carolyn, it would have been 1970-something for you. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's when you turned 18. In Ohio, when I turned 18, you could drink 3.2% alcohol beer, which is what they call light beer today. But if you drank enough of it, you you know, you could throw up with the best of them. And... <laughs> <laughs> and so that was... Uh, that was the year my my adulthood uh, uh, habits began. <laughs> all right, Tim, the seventies, take it away. No, we aren't. I thought we were doing all the decades. So I remember my favorite stuff from the sixties. Can I give it to you? Because you I bet. Was I spent a lot of this was a very fun show to prepare for actually. So I remember being a really little kid, and there was a game. There was a toy. I don't know if you guys saw it, because you were probably a little too old to have it at the point. It was called the Twin Mouse Treehouse. You know you have those games or toys that change who you are? Well, this was a little three-story treehouse 
that had a little elevator in it. It was like a little bucket elevator. And you put the little mice people in the elevator and you turned a crank on the top of the thing and the elevator went up and down. And when I was thinking about that toy, because I thought it was the coolest thing in the world because there was an elevator in this treehouse. And I think that's why I've lived in apartments all my life. I think that that toy from when I was like five years old affected the course of my life. Because I always had to live somewhere where there was an elevator. Because I thought that was so cool. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, wow. I know. You learn a lot Have about Have you ever person. sought therapy about this? Because it's do, quite do interesting. I, do I need to? It was mice. It was <laughs> but now you can't go into the elevator with another person because it's all germ-laden. So there you go. I know. This whole thing is going to mess up all of our childhoods. And imagine how it's messing up the childhoods of the people who are actually children right now. Dale, you have great. You have a granddaughter. My God, how can she read the faces of people when there are these masks and stuff? But I well, because she doesn't leave the house except to come over here, so. right? <laughs> and and see people on TV who aren't wearing masks. So you know. Yeah. And then there was one more toy that that affected who I am. What was that? The Mickey Mouse Treehouse. It was, was called it? the Twin Mouse Treehouse. You can oh, actually yeah. find it online. They have some from like on eBay. It was the coolest toy. It really was. It was special because you could move them from floor to floor. You could just pick them up and move them from floor to floor. But I didn't know that, so I would have to put the little mice in the elevator to move them from floor to floor, and that was really cool. And then there was a Big Wheels crazy car. It wasn't a Big Wheels like the tricycle kind. It was a big wheels, like it was this big yellow seat thing that had these two giant wheels on either side and you used your arms and you moved the wheels around. And we built an addition to our house back in, I think it was 1970 that my dad took the back porch off. You know how that was happening in the 70s? People took their porch off and built a big family room in the back of the house. And I remember being in the house in this plastic crazy car thing running riding back and forth on the wood floor of the new room before it had going walls dum, and dum, stuff. Dum, 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 yes. dum. and then there's two scary twins appear all of a sudden <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that kind of big wheel but yes yes and well, the, the scary those twins are two was of my the sister. oddest toys i think i could remember right i had a fanner 50 with greeny stickum caps i mean that's I don't know what that I, means that was... <laughs> <laughs> what is that it was a six-shooter pistol that you had cartridges that you would actually put into the barrel of the revolver, and on the back of each cartridge, you would peel off what they called a greeny stickum cap, and you put it on there, so when you fired it, you got this, the, the bang from the, uh, from the cap. And then, of course, when you ran out, you'd have to recap. Hmm. It's very wow, realistic. So you were the shooter, and I could have been your driver. <laughs> Mattel made a line. Mattel made a line of cap guns called the Agent Q series. Oh and, yeah. Uh, yeah, one yeah. of them looked like a camera, and one of, and, and when you pushed a button, it would snap into a pistol. And then there was another one. It was a, it looked like a big transistor radio it would snap into a machine gun. Very Are we cool. bringing those back now? <laughs> we should. They're, they're real now. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the '60s were a lovely, uh, a you lovely you, decade. You, you didn't. You, I can't believe I can't. I, uh, the the one thing I think I remember. Speaking of toys, they used to have. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if it was Kenner. 
that made these, but there were there they, they were actual plastics. You could actually work with plastics. There was a vacuum yes. form, yes. and there was another one where there was an injection thing where you'd put in plastic pellets and it would melt it, and you'd squeeze it into a mold, and you could make little toy cars and stuff like that. Right, right. And, uh, and I remember it, yeah. my cousin had that, and I thought it was like the coolest toy in the whole world. And uh, uh, I still remember playing with it over his house. And then everybody, we all had to break. We all had to put the toys away uh, because Ed Sullivan was coming on. And uh, it was going to be the first appearance of the Beatles. Oh, wow. uh, The Beatles. I mean, what, is this going to be like a, a horror film? (laughs) <laughs> and uh, they said, no, they, they're, they're the Beatles. They have long hair and shiny, pointy boots. I remember that's how they were described to me. They have <laughs> long hair, and I go, oh, that sounds even creepier. <laughs> and, so you uh, guys made stuff out of plastic, and I made stuff out of cake batter. Again, affecting the future of my life. <laughs> I had an easy bake oven. Did you guys have that, or was that just a girl toy? I think it was just a girl toy at my house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. actually, if you had an Easy Bake Oven back in that day, it was the easiest way to see naked women. What? Why? Yeah, yeah, because like if your dad ever caught you playing with your sister's Easy Bake Oven, he'd take you downstairs and show you the magazines under the workbench. <laughs> <laughs> My my dad kept his in the rafters in the basement, <laughs> <laughs> up uh, underneath the uh, the suspended ceiling. The no, we didn't have. We just had bare rafters in the basement. It wasn't oh, okay. a finished oh. finished ceiling. So he was he just roll them up and tuck them in the rafters. <laughs> I miss so much being a girl. I have no idea where my dad kept his or if he had any. He never showed them to me. Darn. Yeah. From, from, from the nudist colony. Those were the early ones. They were just ma- black and white magazines of nudist colony. This is before you know, Playboy started kicking in, you know. Oh. What, what, what happened in the 70s? What do you remember from the 70s? I don't remember much. I participated. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, uh, I think actually what rem- I remember the most from the 70s is I still remember the night Nixon resigned. And, yeah, uh, and everyone knew it was coming. And now, you know, now now I realize it wasn't as big of a news event as I thought it was because pretty much everyone knew it was going to happen. But it was I I, I remember um, is my brother and I went to Burger King for dinner. I don't know what mom and dad had planned that evening, but they sent my brother and I out to Burger King for dinner. And uh, and I still remember running back and forth between the Burger King and the car. To, to, to turn it on and see if I could hear uh, uh, where it was. And I remember coming back in and going, he resigned, he resigned. And, and everyone was like, well, yeah. We, 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 <laughs> they kind of announced he was going to resign this morning. I mean, it wasn't really, wasn't really that breaking news. But, uh, yes, I still remember. I still remember the Nixon generation uh, resignation. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And everybody thinks, everybody thinks, uh, this is this is uh, this is something that, that that's very incorrect. Is people assume that anyone that lived through the '70s was into disco? That was the '80s. Yeah. What? Mostly the it started in the mid '70s. Started, it was mid '70s, but it really caught on in the '80s. You know, that's when that's when people actually wore that crappy clothing and stuff. Hey, hey, the, do not diss the clothing. The disco, <laughs> the disco demolition was like was like '79, wasn't it? 
Well, the, yeah, the end of the seventies and and into eighty, but it, yeah, it was it just yeah. It, but that's that's off. what I'm saying. It, by the end yeah. of, by the end of the seventies, people recognized that disco was for dorks. Hey, I think so much of this depends on where you grew up. I grew up on the East Coast. You guys grew up in the middle, right, of the yeah. country. Yeah. So yeah. I think on the East Coast, disco was big. Are you kidding? I remember my dad going down to New York City before I moved there, and he'd go to Studio 54 and hang out with all the famous beautiful, fabulous people at Studio 54. And disco was big in the late 70s, early 80s. Big. Well, yeah, that's what we were saying. Yeah, yeah. But it, yeah it was, it, you're right, Tim. It, was in the, it, was it started so in the mid-70s, I think. Yeah. Mid seventies into the eighties. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, uh, for for you know you know for uh, for where I grew up. I, I grew up in a very blue collar uh, suburb of Detroit. It was uh, absolutely not. It was like it was like it was it was something for fairies. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, wow. it was uh, and not the, the magical kind. The, yeah. the, the, where I grew up, where I grew up, it was uh, 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 you know it was still it was still Led Zeppelin. You know. Uh, um, exactly. He- heavy metal, rock and roll. There was still. There was no, you know, the the rock and roll, the whole rock and roll uh, uh, library was written by 75. And that's and then it lasted another 20 years after that, the the litany of rock and roll. And it was and they were uh, disco was absolutely rejected. So um, Steve Dahl, who actually uh, did the disco demolition. Uh, um, he, he and Gary Meyer from Chicago. Right, I remember. Right, yeah, I remember. it was a big, it was a big story in Detroit too, because that's where Steve Dahl started. Steve Dahl started his career on the radio in Detroit, and then moved to Chicago. Oh, okay. And it was a, it was a Tigers White Sox game, so it was right. also, you know, it was also, and there was a huge, there was a rock and roll station in uh, uh, Detroit at the time, WRIF, that uh, that that also had like the anti-disco dread. You get your dread car, uh, uh, something. To against disco, E D R. I, I don't know what it all stood for. It was an acronym, but against disco was the last. Uh, uh, so yeah, it was. But but you know, as far as if, for me, it wasn't. I I, I kind of took the third path. I didn't fork right or left on the disco. I was. Uh, 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 Sex Pistols came out with uh, Never Mind the Bullocks, and that was. Uh, <laughs> that was my departure from either uh, either wing of the status quo. <laughs> But you gotta admire a movement that has an entire wardrobe and an entire like everything that that had to do with it. I mean, what what year was Saturday Night Fever? Was that seventy like seventy eight? Yeah, it was 79, like seventy seven. Wasn't that? Yeah, seventy seven. So that's really so. Everybody, every boy I knew wanted to be John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever and yeah, wore like the said, big fairies. lapels and hey <laughs> us East Coast elites it's terrible isn't it what we went through in the 70s and 80s I and like then, folk music man that had its own you know had its own apparel you wear the lining from your raincoat backwards so it looks like a big fur vest like Sonny had but <laughs> yeah. I what I remember about the 70s it was the it was the the decade of um, religious musicals. Because I was a musical theater major, and it was Jesus Christ Superstar, and Godspell, and Hair was like the anti-God musical. It was so funny, and they were rock musicals having to do with God. 
I, I got. I have a. I have a funny story. This is. A, this is interesting. I was. Uh, I was adopted. I think we've mentioned that on the show before, and I was raised by a very strict religious, strict religious family, and uh, I had five full sisters that I had never met until until uh, I was until uh, uh, about twenty years ago. I met them all. And they were they were they were raised as uh, uh, my biological mom uh, didn't uh, didn't really care to raise them with any sort of faith. Uh, she was too busy uh, making money in real estate. But she uh, it was really funny. I'm talking to one sister, and she said, "You know, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go to church. I think I missed a lot in my life." She said. Uh, you know, I did. I never realized that 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 uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat was a was a, was a, was based on a, a Bible story. And I went, "You got to be kidding me! What the boy? You must have thought it was some crazy stuff." And she goes, "Have you well, seen Exodus?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it just it just shocked me. So I'm on the phone to another sister. And I said, "Yeah, do you know that she didn't even know that uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat was a was a Bible story?" And my other sister goes, "Really? It was a Bible story?" <laughs> it's like, wow! Did did my mom raise a bunch of heathens? <laughs> well, then, if you look at it from that point of view, the Bible and acid have a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I actually, I actually noticed that. I actually noticed that, is that uh, uh, I went to a tent revival. I was, uh, I was just, uh, I was doing a gig, had a night off in uh, uh, northern Iowa, and there was a tent revival in town. And I looked at the other comic. I go, uh, what, "What do you say? I got some, I got some pot." He goes, "Yeah, <laughs> let's let's go for it." And uh, so we so we go to these the, this thing, and uh, these people are doing that Grateful Dead dance. With the with okay. the arms in the air, kind of whirl, whirling around, yep, and it's yep. like, wow, Jesus must be one powerful drug. <laughs> and the only good one to get hooked on, you kids out there. Oh, <laughs> that's our public service announcement this week from Dale. Thanks, Dale. <laughs> okay, wait, one more thing from the seventies: Rocky Horror Picture Show, in or out. I thought it was stupid. I mean, I've seen it, but I thought it was stupid. I wasn't the guy that went to it 15 times in a row. Yeah, I saw. I, I saw it once. It was fun. It's uh, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't see. Uh, I couldn't see doing it every weekend. It's you uh, saw it once. I just... can still do it backwards and forwards <laughs> by heart by road. Oh my god! I went every Friday night with my friends. We went into Boston and we went to the Exeter Street Theater and we dressed up and we went to the Rocky Horror Picture Show at midnight on Friday nights. For do you know why? Years. You know why we used to do that? We didn't have VCRs. Right. There you, you go. You actually yeah. had to go every yeah. Friday night at midnight. It's the only way that, and there, there was, there was about, there was about ten movies that the only way you could see that there are ten movies that everybody wanted to watch more than once, and the only way you could watch those movies was by going to a midnight movie, because yeah. they would run those on the weekend. They would run those, those, those ten, ten. Harold and Maude was one of them. Rocky mm-hmm. Horror Picture Show was another one. Uh, uh, boy, I can't. Probably Night of the Living Dead or something like that. I mean, there were there were there were ten classics, and uh, VCRs killed that because there was no hey, reason. Yeah. I have a Night of the Living Dead story. So the original Night of the Living Dead, the black and white one, 
the um, African-American guy, the black guy who stars in it, you know, the tall, thin guy, his name is Dwayne Jones. He was my acting teacher at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in the summer of 1984. He was my acting teacher. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and that was so cool. He'd give you all these tips like, okay, what you want to do when they start squirting the blood, you want to close your eyes really tight because that stuff stings. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Those kind of acting tips. <laughs> he was a great acting teacher. I was very sad when I found out he passed away a little while after that. But he was, and, and so from then on, that movie was never scary. It was just happy and nostalgic for me. Huh. My, my outstanding memory of the 70s was uh, in 1971, I believe, the spring of 71, they came out with the draft lottery system where yes. you would be drafted depending upon the number in the draft. And there's 365 numbers. I was number 72, I think. A friend of mine was 29, and another guy was in the 50s, and we figured we're going. So we went out that night to the liquor store. I bought a bottle of Southern Comfort. The three of us went to the cemetery in the car and drank all the liquor. I've never been able to drink Southern Comfort since. And, and that, that, was, that was my memory. And none of us got called. Okay, huh. I remember that because I was only nine years old at the time. And I remember sitting in the living room with my mother. I remember this vividly. And it came by birthday, right? Yeah. Wasn't it yeah, like they based were, on they a birthday? Yeah, they were drawing it. I remember, I remember watching right. that too. My birthday was the first day drawn. And my mom's watching it. And we're sitting in the living room. And all of a sudden, my birthday comes up as number one. And she starts crying hysterically. And she's like, thank God you're young. And thank God you're a girl. Thank God if you were my son and you were 18, you'd have to go. And I remember my mother being hysterical with the what if. <laughs> I remember that I'm moment. A girl. I'm of course, I'm of course, back in those days, if you were if you were a guy and you 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 shared a birthday with Carolyn, your your dad could say, uh, "No, nah, just uh, just go back and bake some more cakes in your sister's oven." <laughs> and and my friends we have run out of time for this episode and we're only halfway through the 70s so we'll have to have another one of these shows to bring us more up to uh, uh up to speed in the meantime we're going to ask you our listening audience to contact us via our website that would be anotherdayaboveground.com and uh, there you can leave us a message and tell us what your favorite times were from uh, from the different decades that baby boomers have been alive and uh, if you'd like to talk about it leave us a message we'll give you a call other than that carolyn have you anything left to say i think i've said enough <laughs> <laughs> wow i have never heard a woman say that ever ever <laughs> i thought i'd give you one dale i thought it'd be good for you <laughs> what about you tim uh, I've got the Crash and Burn number nine, the ninth edition of the Crash and Burn series coming up September 15th through the 19th at Acme Comedy Company in Minnesota. But uh, it's also going to be put on Zoom. So you cool. can actually watch, you can actually buy a Zoom pass and you can watch, uh, oh, I should probably say what this is. Crash and Burn is what it is. It's four comics each trying to write 20 new minutes of material over the course of seven shows. And uh, you can actually buy a Zoom pass and watch all seven shows. So you can literally see the comedy being made right in front of your very eyes. So that'll be wow. September 15th through 19th. Go to acmecomedycompany.com for more details. 
It's the Easy Bake Oven of comedy. (laughs) (laughs) And and like a sage once said, comedy and sausage. You don't want to watch either one of them being made. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That would be fun, though. Yeah, that would be fun. You absolutely do want to see it. (laughs) No, that would be very cool. All right, my friends, that's about it. If you'd like more uh, more funnies, go to daleurban.com. Sign up for the Friday funnies. Other than that, we will see you back here next week for, for another round of Another Day Above Ground. And that's it for Another Day Above Ground. For Dale, Tim, and Carolyn, I'm Farad Muhammad. Thanks for listening.